Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Isotope Native Instruments and Plugin Alliance are launching a whole bunch of super hot deals for the summer of sound sale. From now until the 6th of July 2023, Isotope are offering all their software for 50% or more off including the comprehensive mixing and mastering bundle Music Production Suite 5, as well as flagship tools like Ozone, RX, Neutron, and more. All things I use to edit this podcast. Visit isotope.com and check out the frankly colossal range of things that you can get at extraordinary prices. And take your mixing and editing to a whole new level. Listen up, dear listeners in the UK. There's a brand new guitar show this year, the Brighton Guitar Show. It's a one-day show happening on the 15th of July at the Brighton Racecourse, and it's going to be great. We'll be there along with loads of your favourite boutique and major brands like Two Notes Audio Engineering, Chapman Guitars, Fidelity Guitars, Thought B Effects, Pedal Patch, Bright Onion Pedals, Ranger Effects, NRG Effects, Great Eastern Effects, Iverson Guitars, Kurt Mangan Strings, Maybury and lemon audio Xander circuitry and loads and loads more what more excuse do you need to come to sunny brighton the birthplace of guitar nerds than a guitar show full of guitars pedals effects and accessories come say hi hang out have a beer and check out all the cool gear with matt jd and i you might even see a few of the og guitar nerds hosts knocking about for tickets visit brightonguitarshow.co.uk or check them out on social media with Brighton Guitar Show. See you there. So, Matt. Joe. Bono and the Edge walk into a pub. Yeah. And Linda says, Oh, no, not you two again. Oh. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. Um, talking of you two. Yes. Um, have you seen, I only saw this briefly, but they're building some sort of like mega stadium in America. Right. Um, for just them. Just for you two, you two are going to be the only band playing. Oh, there. yeah. So it's called. Is I it? Are they going to do like weekly? Is it going to be like, you know, yeah, Wednesday so, night down the dog and duck, but on a massive scale and with you two? Yeah. So it's called The Sphere. Um, right. I don't, I, I'm sure I, I saw that it was. No, right. Okay. So it's not exclusive to you two, but you oh. two are opening it. Um, well, but I don't op- care about it now. It's, uh, yeah, it's opening in. Uh, I think it's oh, oh it opened no it opens this year right but it's a completely like well I say completely it's like a massive sphere that's basically it's a spherical stage wow a spherical uh, arena that has I think has been built in a particular way to like right. for, in terms of like the sounds and I think yeah you two are wow opening it um, yeah you so don't... They're, they're doing a residency there um, right Re- ah. So you weren't so I think it's like a residency, residency venue, basically. Right, right. Um, so you can go and see them lots of times. Yeah, well, wouldn't you? I've seen you well, too. It was very good. I mean, you'd probably want to go there a second time if you got tickets to the Sphere the first time and ended up sat behind them. That'd be rubbish. 
just looking at their backs <laughs> always, for like a two-hour set. That. I always think that. I'm like, some of these venues, I'm just like, imagine, like, you know, it's just those crap seats, isn't it? It's like, so <laughs> oh. it's like when you go to the theatre in London, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. a cheap ticket, and you click on it, and then you realise that um, you get poor view. And I was going to yeah. go and see, I wanted to book Amy tickets to go and see the Harry Potter play. Right. In London. Um, and when you book, obviously, it's shown, it's actually two plays shown over two different days. So you either go to, so they do like, you can see act one in the morning and sometimes you can see both acts in one day or you go in the evening and see the next one in the morning. Right. But one of the sets of seats is like quite cheap. I was like, cause they're like insane money. And I was like, I won't go for the cheapest, you know, she is my wife. Um, I was like, I'll go for the medium ones. And then even they were like 150 plus. And they were like, Oh, be aware that because, the stage show uses like wires and people go up and down across the space. Theater space is like, oh, you won't be able to see like half the play. Right. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this sounds rubbish. Yeah. That sounds um, terrible. You know, so, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's why I really like the roundhouse. There's not, a, there's not bad seat in the roundhouse. I mean, if you're standing, the roundhouse can be problematic because it's not very, the standing area is not very, uh, you can be behind tiered. a pole in the, ra- in the roundhouse. You, that well. is the problem. Yeah. If you go standing, you end up behind the, uh, behind where they have the second floor starting. So behind the pillars, mm. it does something funny to the sound. It can get really quiet. And, and also cause that the ground itself isn't very tiered. It can be a bit tricky, but you go mm. for seating. Doesn't even matter if you're round the sides. Like, you know, we, we spoke about it a, f- a few weeks ago now, but when I recently went there with my partner, Emma, and we, uh, we went to see Go Go Penguin, we were right round the side. It was amazing. The sound was fantastic. I could see the whole band's just, you know, from the side. At least it wasn't from the back. Like, there's poor people who are going to get tickets to see you too. Literally, if it's spherical, literally 50% of the audience are going to be looking at their asses. True. Although, um, I haven't been to this show, but I think um, I did see a clip of Ed Sheeran on stage, and his stage actually spins round. Right? Is it so just in the middle, and then they just like moves <laughs> round? You get you get really sick halfway through just from all yeah. the spinning. Depends yeah. how big the spinning thing. I hope for you too for the band. It's a relatively large circumference, so they almost don't notice it. But for Ed Sheeran, if he's just playing his, on his own, is it like a little spinny wheel? Like you <laughs> yeah. might put a yeah, guitar surely, on. To- the smaller the wheel, the quicker he'll. <laughs> Spins. Yeah, exactly. So just be like going really quickly. Um, that'd be great. You get like Leslie style effects from uh, from his little um, oh, Martin yeah. acoustic. Uh, who needs a Leslie speaker when you're spinning around? When you've got really a spinning edge here, in perfect. Um, perfect. But yeah, how do we get here, Joe? We talked about you no too. Idea, we man. talked about you too. Right. <laughs> Onwards. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was a toss up. That was that joke was actually provided by. Uh, by Peter Peche, who who's who I, I've referenced, I think, on every podcast for the last couple of months. He always does something good. But that was a that was a great joke. I did appreciate that one. Um there was another fantastic one from uh um oh, from uh, from Erin Montiel. I think I've said your name right, Erin, uh, who said uh, um why does the Norwegian Navy have barcodes on their ships? <sighs> So they can Scandinavian. Yeah. Didn't we have that one? I don't think we had that one. No, but I I'm really sure like it. I've definitely heard it. I've definitely heard it before. It's a good one. Well, it's a good one. It's a strong dad dad joke. I'm I'm, I'm there for it. It is I'm there a strong for it. dad dad joke. So Matt, you've not been on the podcast for a couple of weeks. Last week you were doing lots and lots of work stuff with uh with boss. I was doing business. Business, big Keeping business the stuff. Hiring, firing, and perspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanging uh, out with the new king of boss. Yeah, yeah. So hanging out with my colleagues, a couple of them um, I've never met in real Lovely. life, but yet worked with them for several years. So it was really nice to uh, spend some time with them. And we took them around London and we showed them the sites. And, and of course, you went to, I assume you went to your, your very shop that used to be my Indeed. shop on uh, Denmark Street, yeah, the, uh, so, <laughs> the yeah, Roland but- store spent a bit of time on Denmark Street and yeah man there's some you see a mixture of there's less guitar shops now but you definitely see a mixture of like cool new stuff like really cool vintage stuff like crazy out there secondhand stuff um went in one shop and they had what did they have they had 
this is the one thing that I, I couldn't believe. And I was having a conversation with someone a few weeks ago who still works at our former haunt, Gak. Right. He was talking about custom, he was talking about the custom shop relic David Gilmore. Um, right. I cannot believe that's the, uh, that's the 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 custom shop one's the proper one where they even have the 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 block yeah. that was cut out for when he changed to a Keller um, trem and then trem and then he changed hard, back. Yeah. So in the custom shop, it actually has a block cut out and then put back in. Yeah, yeah. So the prop, the proper, <laughs> the proper one. So they're discontinued now. They don't make those. Right. We were selling those still when I was working in music stores, um, and I cannot believe how much money they're going for already. Uh, that one was up for eleven grand. Eleven for a, for a bolt-on Stratocaster. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a big old chunk of money. How yeah. much is a vintage one? Well, I not mean, this- owned by David Gilmore. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, so looking at sort of used prices now, so they're going anywhere from six and a half thousand to eleven thousand. So I don't know what right. the sold prices are, but you know, considering that you could have bought one for, I think they were four grand a few years ago. Right. Um, yeah, they're just going for like crazy, crazy oh, money now. Yeah, that is a chunk. Um, in fact, looking at the transaction history on Reverb, thank you, Reverb, for tracking everything for us. <laughs> Seven th- and this is obviously dollars and converted into pounds. 7,400, 6,100, 8,300, 8,300, 6,000, 9,000, 7,000. That goes back to wow. the 29th of March last year. So just goes to show when you discontinue something, Everyone wants it. Um, <laughs> so there was that. Um, on a similar vein, the they had a PRS John Mayer Modern e- Modern Eagle One. Oh wow! Um, which was one the of first, the proper ones? Yeah, the first one they did that was up for. What was the pickup configuration in that? Um, it's like humbucker single humbucker with like all of the switching um i can't remember the switching specifically um but that is up for uh i think i found the listing here thirty-one thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds <gasps> oh my goodness you yeah. know you can get like a you could get like a semi-hollow prs 22 special for like three and a half grand yeah oh yeah so this is a <laughs> Super Eagle 2, sorry, Super Eagle 2, limited of one of 120. Right. Um, so you've got, yeah, two 58.15 John Mayer humbuckers and a narrow field John Mayer single coil in the middle. And you have, yeah, so it's all like crazy uh, woods on one piece curly maple top um, plus one piece curly maple back plus a whole bunch of other <laughs> crazy woods. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just just absolutely wow. mad with a custom shop case. But yeah, there was there was a bunch of stuff like that. Um, what else do we see? We saw a strat that someone had badly painted a picture of Jesus on. Um, that was pretty bad. I don't know why anyone would want that. But one thing I did see, Joe which will blow your mind and you right. will definitely want one. And I, w- I was only there a few days before you. I, th- I thought ha- I'd have I seen I don't know how you missed weird. this, but right. the they had two of these for sale. BC Rich. Right. Bear with me. Penta System Baritone Mandolin in Purple Sparkle. That sounds... What, what even... Oh, my goodness. It was basically... I and found it. It's an artist prototype for a guitarist called Alex Gregory. Um, I have no idea who he is. I have no idea whether this exists. Um, And if I type Alex Gregory in, he is a double Olympic champion in rowing. Wow. Um, And he also has guitars. That's incredible. Hats (laughs) off to him. Hats off Um, to him. I found one, Matt, in like a sparkle, almost uh, it's uh, like a... uh, a deep pink or a, a, a light purple. Um, yeah, the uh, amazing four strings, obviously, because it's sort of a mandolin. It's kind of a tenor. I don't really know, but 
the body shape is absolutely incredible. This is the most metal body shape you can possibly imagine, dear mm. listener. It's uh, it's all devil horns and swoopy lines, gold hardware, mini JB style humbucker angled in the bridge. The headstock is reminiscent of the old buzzard headstocks on the status and later Warwick bases of John Entwistle. What, oh. um, what's weird is, I don't know if you're looking at the same one as me, but the machine head for the low e is recessed so on the back there's like a big block that the machine head sits in so the, oh, the yeah. low e string is like set really far back right um is that a, that must so be a mandolin weird. thing i don't I, really... I guess so because most mandolins are four so why this one is five um, oh yeah it's five i couldn't count but yeah so there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff like Amazing. that um the two two thousand five hundred and ninety nine pounds available um from London vintage guitars of Denmark Street. Yeah. Um and it is available on reverb.com, dear listener. If you want to check it out, you absolutely should. The Penta System Baritone Mandolin, 1990s. Yes, you could guess that an instrument like this was 1990s. Exactly. Um saw a couple of old vintage music masters. Oh yeah. Um they don't seem to be going for like crazy crazy money. Um and I was like, "Oh, they're quite cool. I might might want something like that." Um you know, just sort of a little bit different. So yeah, there was there was some cool stuff. I was definitely like you got to hunt around a little bit for it. It's definitely a lot but of nothing shops that you there. wanted to buy, nothing that, you know, that, that tickled you enough to make a purchase. I did see um and I didn't Go and have a proper look at it because I have no money. Um, I did see a Gibson ES one twenty one two five. Was it one two five? Basically, the one pickup one. So the one neck pickup. Basically, the same one that oh, yes. Tom York plays in <laughs> there. There, um, Tom York guitar. Um, I can't remember which one it is now. Yeah, so it's no cut. It's the no cut version. It's the, the no cut one with the P90 in the neck. Yeah, so it's a ES125T, which is the thin version of the 125. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, I've always wanted one of those. They had one of those for sale, and I was like, hmm, I have no money. Um, London made me feel very poor. <laughs> it just, um, we went uh, on a separate note. You think guitars are crazy. We went to a shop called Kick Game. Right. Uh, so Kick Game is basically a sneaker store. And my God, you thought guitars were expensive. Um, what people are willing to pay for shoes. <laughs> um, I picked up a pair of like, Air Jordan. So I was like, oh, these are nice. They're pink. That's perfectly my style. And now we're like, from 550 quid. And I was like, my God, I can, I can actually buy a guitar that I could play. I just wouldn't want to wear them. I wouldn't want to wear them. Um, but they had, which was very cool. And if I had unlimited money, I would have definitely bought them just for the bragging rights. They had a pair of the um, um, Marty McFly Nike airs the oh, prototypes wow. from back to the future um because they re nike relaunched them as a limited pair and they were 12 grand so joe <laughs> would you rather have a custom shop david gilmore strat or a pair of marty mcfly's nike shoes from the best film trilogy ever back to the future oh yeah that's a, that is uh that's a that's a tough one. Uh, I don't really wear trainers, so uh... a shoe you could never wear, <laughs> or a guitar you could never play. <laughs> Which yeah. one would you yeah. like? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it's good, and it was good to um, it was good to look at some guitars yeah. for a change. Not that I'm looking at pedals most of the time, but yeah, good to look at some. Uh, Good look at some guitars. I only really like going into Denmark Street when I have enough money somewhere on a credit card to make a, 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 a rash decision if I want to. That's that's the thrill. It's so. all about a rash decision. That's exactly. how I find. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, that is the question, Duck, dear listener, which is reminding me to remind you that after Matt and I finish this episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, we'll be heading over onto the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where each week we discuss topics and answer questions that have been 
raised on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group, the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. We've got a few this week. Uh, I sort of made a little note of a handful of things. Um, uh, Sean DeMary has uh, has recently picked up his specced um, amplifier um, from from Johannes Speck just outside of Vienna. Now we've spoken about this mm. amplifier and this brand on the podcast before, but Sean's finally got hold of his. It looks incredible. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Thomas Adelgren raised the how's it hanging thread. Do you do you low sling? Or do you use your guitar as an extension of your chin? So maybe we'll talk about that. 44 or so comments from people arguing about that sort of thing. So I want to lay that one to rest. Andy Manley's brought up um, this very cool pedal company that I didn't know anything about that he found on Joe's Pedals. A load of really cool sort of trems and fuzzes and stuff. So we're going to talk about those. I wanted to talk a bit about a post that I raised on there. I found like an Engel Screamer 50 combo and it was like £200. Maybe it was 299 something like that. And I was like, I don't understand. These guys are like a Messer competitor that make these really cool amps. Mm. Why are they so cheap? And so people were saying, oh, you know, that they've heard that, uh, like Bruce Bacon had said, he's seen amp techs curse the brand on how difficult they're to repair and things like that. But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know. I don't know. It's still a great brand. And I just wanted to maybe talk about them a little bit. So we'll see. I think we're going to go off and discuss potentially all of those things. Nice. Um, shortly. We will do so. First of all, though, yeah, that was nice. They're they they good. First of all, though, I want to talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about pedals, Max. I've got a couple of pedal queries. First of all, I'm currently rediscovering the Thorpe FX Fat General. Um, have you ever had any time with the Fat General? That's their compressor. Um, no. No, Joe, you know, it's one of those ones that I'm sure I talked to Thorpe about um, and then never sort of. Uh, pushed push the button on it right. but I, I must admit yeah it's one of those ones i do think about fair, a fair bit because compression is the magic source isn't it, it makes everything yeah. better hmm. um yeah. and i quite often think oh, i should put a compressor on my board then i do and then i never turn it off and then when i do turn it off i'm like why does everything sound rubbish so i thought <laughs> i should probably not have the safety net of a compressor um anymore but tell me joe how you are finding the fat general I am really enjoying it. See, here's the, for the last few years, this, dear listener, and this might apply to a bass player rather than a guitarist a little bit more, but I've been using multiband compression an awful lot. Lots of bass players have. Bass players seem to have moved from, you know, the original soupy, sort of squishy, squashy uh, compression of old to multiband compression because it's more transparent. Mm-hmm. It evens out your playing without you really noticing that there's a compressor going on. So it yeah. doesn't it doesn't do that over-squashy thing, basically, and you don't get any of that sucking sound that you can with a with a with a other compressors. Lots of bass players using the MXR bass comp, which their white pedal multiband, very good. I was using I have been using for years now the the boss BC one X. We've talked about it a bunch. On the podcast, yep. but. so that's a digital multi-band compressor, that's right? And it's really good. I, I I really like that compressor. It does a great job of adding a little bit of zing, almost like an EQ pedal, and also compressing, but very naturally. But it doesn't sound like a compressor, you know. It's it's doing it's, that thing yeah. that everyone wants. It's it's sounding like it's trying to sound organic, and that is, as I said, what multi-band compression studio is polish. To do exactly which is what i've wanted at the time but of course again we've spoken about this recently i got one of the old boss cs2s and when i sort of plugged it in i was messing around with it i was like oh i can't can't make this look good so i was like i know i'll watch a video of of juan aldrete uh playing his cs2 and i'll see what settings he uses so i mimicked those and sure enough it sounds great i'm like oh yeah this does sound like one's bass tone you know because he's always Mm. said that's his sound the cs2 is his sound that's the one pedal he needs to have his sound and it's great but it made me realize it's okay to use a compressor that sounds like a compressor 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. So, so, so I started kind of looking, re-looking at compressors and things I had that maybe I'd overlooked because they weren't as transparent as the BC-1X. I had the, the fat general there and... My goodness, it is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant sounding compressor, dear listener. Obviously, Thorpey is going to design everything mainly around guitar, but it works beautifully for either. Um, it's got like a sustain and um, like a, and I, th- I don't think it's a balance control. I think it's an attack control. Let's see if I can see. Oh, it's a sustain. And, you know, the problem with them doing silver on silver <laughs> when I'm just, it's in a box behind me, so I can't see. So I think it's balance and sustain they do. And then a separate treble control. And then there's a switch that switches between two modes, a blend mode and a juicy mode. Juicy. Um, and I can use the treble control to bring in some of that sparkly highs, the sort of thing I was using the BC-1X for. The sustain, you can kind of crank and get this gorgeous, yeah, that sort of squash. I think um, with all of these, the secret is, especially with this one, is that you've got, you know, a really good compressor design. So that's like... It's an evolution of the OTC 201 compressor, which was originally designed by Dan Coggins mm-hmm. um, of Dinosaur and Love Pedal. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's that parallel compression that makes a difference. It's the fact that you've got that sort of dry signal coming through. So you've exactly. still got a bit of the punch, but the sweetness of a compressor that's just squashing everything and just softening everything up. It's almost like... Um, you know, laundry detergent. Do you know what I mean? You put that in after your yeah. wash, and everything just becomes a bit softer. And that's what compressor. That's why compressors are so good, and that's why you leave them on all the time. And I think the old ones, like the CS2 or even the CS3, you can get like really prominent, like click clicky squashed country sound. I think that's how people yeah. used it for a long time. But then people realised that hey, in a studio, you run everything through a compressor. It makes everything sound fatter and better hmm. um but using it all the time for guitar you do lose dynamics unless you're of like course. Corey wong and you're basically just doing like rhythmic funk all the time yes. um you know you you want to have be able to like push and pull with it and you want something that perhaps sweetens everything up but doesn't overtake your entire guitar sound and i think that's where this it's where the balance control comes in absolutely that's that's the kind of magic of the whole the whole thing isn't it um the first compressor I had was a Boss CS3, and I bought it because John Frusciante had a CS3, <laughs> and I only wanted to play the California Cation solo. And that is one of the worst <laughs> examples and the best examples of compression because it's actually a really like weak solo, as it were, but it's super clicky guitar sound because it's like 
a CS3 with like everything turned up to max. Yeah, through a strat, um, which is already pretty. Uh, yeah, I, I to me, I don't know whether they certainly weren't the first to do it. Um, I think the dinosaur dinosaur one was certainly way back in the the earlier boutique days. But I think a lot of this trend's driven by Origin and things yeah, like the yeah. slide rig and basically making those like super high-end compressors and then coming out with the Cali 76 for guitar and stuff like that. And I had one and I loved it, but I just, again, I found I had it on all the time and I just didn't want that safety net in my guitar sound as it were. It's like right. I, I've tried to get my rig to the point where actually if I've turned all the pedals off, it's not really, it's the only thing it's running through is a, uh, I think now the only thing it's running through is a VB2, uh, a wah pedal which is true <laughs> bypass and a VB2. They're the <laughs> right. only they're the only bits extra bits of circuit they run through. Um, and I think the thing is, is, yeah, I just ended up having a compressor on all the time, and then you can't get away from that. And that's that's why I was like, I stopped using it. But I guess for bass, like you say, Joe, what you're maybe using it for, it's kind of what you want. Well, exactly. You know, dy- dynamics are less important for bass. Not all bass players, you know, but but certainly the sort of thing I'm doing, they're they're less important. And uh, um, this is this is exactly what I want. Something characterful that's almost like a preamp and EQ mm. as well as a compressor. I just, I, yeah, I I immediately took the CS2 off my board and replaced it with the the fat general just you know partially because the fat general ran on nine volts and the cs2 is running on 12 so it's taking up one of my uh one of my custom inputs on my power supply um but uh but it just it sounds so good i was a being both of them and i was like damn they both sound absolutely fantastic but the fat general has a lower noise floor and a little bit more clarity Mm. um that's the advantage of Modern circuit design, of course, of course, yeah, absolutely, you know. and and actually, you know, that's that's a good thing, I think, in some ways, unless you, you know, you want that bit of extra noise, but <laughs> half the time, you know, actually, you do want something, especially, yeah, where you kind of want a bit of the vintage vibe, but you don't want all of the vintage hassle, which is like, yeah, like all the extra noise and stuff that might go with it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, now, dear listener, I will. I'm gonna. I, I won't talk about bass too much more than this. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit. So I got a new bass this week. Jet guitars. You know, jet guitars make the 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 incredibly affordable, very cool strats and tellies, amongst other shapes that are perfect modding platforms. They come with baked necks. They're cool finishes interesting pickup configurations they're great really like them and i was always like oh i I really hope they do a bass at some point and finally they they have um they did a a jazz bass which they called the jjb which they released in like a, a sunburst with a baked maple neck but even though this isn't even on their website yet and there is only one photo on their instagram they have sent me one of their new gold uh uh oh i nearly said sure it is shoreline gold i don't know is it fire mist it's more of fire mist it's more it? of a fire mist shoreline it's gold's a, got a yeah. more of a silver undercoat yes absolutely this is kind of a fire mist gold jazz bass style with a torque guard a rosewood neck. i mean it's probably not rosewood but you know like a dark wood neck and mm. uh and a baked um a, a, a baked maple uh neck sorry uh, you know you know what i mean um and it's absolutely fantastic body shapes a little different like little shrunk in comparison to a jazz bass slightly smaller but re- you know really fantastic amazing sounding instrument when you think about how how incredibly affordable these guitars are and like gorgeous deep thick neck i i've recorded so much with it just today just now i'm sitting around like like tinkering around and then i'll be like oh I really like that. And I'll get my little phone mm. notes out so I can just play it in so I can maybe record it in properly, use it for something later. But I did that maybe four or five times, and that's always the sign of a good instrument if you're effortlessly creating If the song comes stuff. out of the instrument, that's what exactly. I always, you know, I've, you know, if the riff comes out of the sound or the instrument, that's, that's good. I mean, looking at the specs of the JJB, um, you know, Canadian roasted maple neck, you've got a roasted poplar body, um roasted maple 
fretboard, although I think the, the your one is obviously a rosewood board. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, that's, I mean, that's a lot of spec for, for what you get uh, uh, with an RRP of 369 euros. Yeah. So what's that in pounds? 317. Let's call it, yeah, 319 or 309, <laughs> depending on where you want to go. That's a lot of base for. 300 quid yeah it really is and i have to say i really like when i got the uh when i got their their telly i was like ah oh, the pickups are a little weak which is fine i'm totally willing to accept that on a you know a 200 pound instrument you know on their telly i was like oh, i will change the bridge pickup in this but with this bass i was expecting the same thing i was like i really don't see any need to change these pickups they mm. sound great um but yeah really really good bass so i'm gonna record some stuff with it actually i'll tell you what we'll segue a little bit into our um into our topic of the week we'll come back to some other stuff in a minute because i want to do some news as well but robin smith has our topic of the week at the moment apologies dear listener that we didn't do topic of the week last week robin was literally messaging me with what he wanted his topics to be as i was recording with philip and i was like oh, i don't want to add these in you know without giving philip a heads up on them so so we thought we'd uh, talk about them this week so he's got a handful of points we've got a, a, a larger topic that we're going to talk about shortly matt and i about sort of the evolution of small guitar brands but robin smith has also posted he's very recently had his first gig tomorrow on bass um it did listen if you are on the facebook group and you saw this post Robin recently posted about a uh, he went in to buy a Squire Bronco as he got this this uh, job playing bass in a band and he came out with one of the Squire classic vibe Mustang basses I think it was one with a speed stripe but a very very cool instrument anyway so he's got that um so for his first gig he played through his pals Sansamp V2 um direct into their desk that's a you know a perfectly reasonable setting um but he was saying what's a what's a solid gigging rig for beginners uh for, for beginners budgets on bass he's probably going to play bass a bit more and he recently got the mustang which i just spoke about totally like a thumpy p bass thing is what he's looking for i mean the mustang is perfect you don't need to go anywhere with that um and i think to be honest we you know we get answered we, i feel like i've answered this question a whole bunch but um I think realistically, if you are just dipping your toes in bass, you'd be hard pushed to beat the the Katana bass combos from Boss mm. at the moment, just because you're getting so much bang for your buck. Now, I do wish they'd added an extra hundred watts. That's my only criticism of the Katana. I think they've they're low enough wattage that it's. It, for the sake of adding an extra 100 watts, it could have done everything, and it doesn't because it didn't have that mm. headroom. But it's still a great product. It would still do small gigs very well, and you get a bunch of Boss's effects, and Boss make great effects for bass. So, you know, you, you, you get so much bang for your buck there. It's hard yeah, to argue I think, with Yeah, um, I think that's the thing for me, isn't it? You could go... You know, you know, Fender have got some much cheaper bass combos, but I think they kind of lack some of the punch, and they certainly lack the flexibility. Yeah. I mean, again, you could look at Mark Bass, but you just there's a lot of money. Um, yeah. I think the only Fender amp that probably has the same amount of functionality is the LT LT twenty five, which is one ninety nine, but it mm. is really more of a practice amp. You're going to struggle amp, a little yeah. bit more. Um, I mean, co combos wise, Ampeg and Ashdown um, and Fender both doing like the Fender with their rumble combos, Ashdown mm -hmm. with the um, <laughs> studio combos. There we go. Got there in the end. And uh, the rocket stuff from Ampeg. They're all, you know, <laughs> they're, they're very similar spec things. Yeah. So go yeah. with the, the brands that you like the most because, you know, like I said, it's class D. There's very little difference. As soon as your power amp is class D, there's very little difference tonally. Yeah, and um, that's, again, that's, a, to me, that's the advantage of, of the um, Katana because it's solid state. Well, yeah, class AB, just that power amp makes, just makes such a, di a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, that's the short answer to that. But the reason why I wanted to jump into this is because Robin had also said um, and uh, on the, he said, and any tips for recording bass at home? And so I thought I'd do this quickly to sort of get, try and explain how simple it is to record a great bass tone at home. 
I plug directly into my desk. I use very few. I mean, I, I can use lots of stuff if I want, but if I, you know, if I'm not releasing it as a record, if I'm just getting stuff down, there are there are two steps that I follow, and they're both freebies, in fact. So the all I add is an amplifier plugin and a compressor plugin. The amplifier plugin I use the. Um, the plugin Alliance do an SVT plugin, which I don't know if it's free at the moment. It comes up like it's often in fr- for free on their on their you know deals every now and again. I use a very simple SVT plugin where I run I, I run a little bit of boosted treble basically from it. Everything else sits at twelve, um, and then I run a the compressor, which I use Studio One, but whatever. DAW you're using is going to have a compressor on there and it does their fat channel which offers a tube emulated compressor and I just excite the gain a little bit on that I get it to be a little bit mushy but I thought I'd show you um, what the bass sounds like going straight in and then I'll play a little bit uh, with the amp and then with the compressor so you can see the difference in those stages and just how much of a how much of a difference you can make with these essentially yeah, completely free plugins. So, uh, so here's here's the bass just direct in to the DAW. Uh, oh, it's actually that jet bass as well because I did this earlier today. <laughs> Okay, so there it is, sounding a little thin. They tend to, just straight into a DI. Um, in fact, actually, I went straight into my interface. I didn't even run through my DI. I have a Focusrite ISA-1, which is a very good DI, but it obviously makes everything sound a little better. So for the sake of this, I want to show how simple you can get. So now, bearing that in mind, here's the SVT plugin. <laughs> Okay, so you can hear that it's excited. The the treble is getting that sort of fizzy, ampeggy sound going on there. But, you know, that's, that's just those two things. Then I add in the compressor just as a finishing touch. that's that's it can you uh joe with that if it doesn't mess up your system too much can you play yeah. the first example again i can yeah there you go i think it's just imp- it was just important to hear that again because yeah. you don't realize how good it sounds until you turn everything <laughs> off it's just yeah. like one of those things and i think it's great you know i think that's you know especially for for bass i think that's great because so many great classic bass sounds are a little bit more simple i guess yeah, yeah. um and i think it's great that you, you know just a few plugins and that away you go do you know what i mean that's amazing so you know less gear is uh it's better yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. Not always, but sometimes. <laughs> Not always, um, but certainly, you know, for someone like Robin Smith and dear listener, I imagine this applies to a to a lot of you. And and thank you, dear listener, for you know putting uh, putting up with me occasionally going off on one about bass. But you know, for a lot of you, if you play bass a little bit on the side, you to get into bass, you don't really need that much equipment to get a great sound. You just need mm. to have the right stuff. All those things were free. Um, and you know, the, as we said, the jet base is three hundred quid. You know, so I mean, that uh, doesn't sound. I mean, it's difficult now. I don't think you can say, "Oh, that sounds like a three hundred quid yeah. instrument." Because yeah. to be honest, you if know, I compared it to a custom shop or a, well, or a sixty-six, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I don't think we've done that enough. And I think certainly when we were still, at, uh, you know, in in store, as mm. it were, there was. You know, we just loved playing custom shops all the time, and there were some great mid-sized bases. But squat, we just never picked up squires because yeah. they were good, but they weren't amazing. And now, well, we, you know, we when was, I was walking, 
Sorry, Sorry yeah. No, no, I was going to say, well, we were surrounded by amazing custom shops. That's why we never picked up the Squires. But that's the thing, you know, I was walking around, you know, the shops this week and you just sort of go, man, like the amount of exciting guitars that you can buy for 300 quid. Yeah. It's amazing, you know, and I, and it's hard to justify spending three grand in some ways. Like if you've got the money, yeah, no problem. But, you know, 300 quid base. So I, I think it's really difficult when you go, oh, it sounds like a cheaper instrument because... You just get such good instruments for your money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good. And I mean, you know, in tune and set up out of the box. <laughs> mm. I mean, and it's a, that is a great colour as well. That would look really good. Is it? Is it matte or is it? Is it actually a lacquered finish? No, it's uh, well, uh, on the body. No, it's, yeah. it's very much a gloss finish, yeah. Because so. I was saying that that would look really good if you lacquer checked it. Oh, yeah. I always think gold looks yeah. really good when you lacquer it. So get out the uh, compressed air and turn it upside down and get some <laughs> some ice spray on that bad boy. Right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good looking bass for that money. That's a very, very good looking bass, exactly. and it sounds great with free plugins. So no need to spend any extra money. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Matt, speaking of affordable things, seeing as we wanted to do some news items now, dear listener, I did speak about this on the Patreon with Philip last week, but with Matt here be nice to get Matt's take on it. Squire have announced and released their new Paranormal series of guitars, expanding yet again this this gorgeous, incredible range of guitars. I'm so glad they continued with from the the days of the uh, oh, I've forgotten again. What was the what was it originally? Alternate universe? You, uh, parallel universe? Parallel universe? I think was maybe. I've the, lost. The uh, do you know what? I was thinking about. I guess Pawn Shop also it was you know where I've, this sort of idea started. I've totally lost track. Do you know what I mean? It feels. <laughs> like every week there's something new yeah. and something cool yeah. and just yeah the amount of i mean there's what four eight twelve sixteen twenty twenty three models including bases here or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah um it's... and they're all great and the thing is like i look back on the paranormal stuff and i'm like i remember points in time even during this podcast when fender releasing some of these ideas we were like oh my goodness it's amazing like the fact that the offset telecaster is in there the offset telly nearly won gear of the year when it came out because we were so Mm. happy and amazed that fender had combined the jaguar body shape with the telly pickup configuration yeah definitely there's going to be a couple in here that are going to be worth some serious bucks in yeah. the future. Yeah. Um, I you mean, think I when think... all the Cabernetas came out and stuff like that, and now they're, you know, they're, uh, a few different versions of them are available in uh, in the Paranormal series. And just Yeah. Surely, though, Joe, you've got to be buying the uh, the Rascal. <laughs> Surely. We yeah. were, it was only a few months ago that we were talking about the original ones and how much money they were going for. Oh. Was that the one that you got scammed out of? I can't remember. Oh, no, that was a Coronado. Oh, that was that a Coronado. I got scammed that out of. But, yeah, the I mean, the original Rascal base, I, I loved the concept of it, and I wish Fender would do this again. They asked uh, custom shop, a custom shop designer to design something new and interesting but they've got to do it on a budget and the rascal bass was one of the one of the instruments that they came up with three lipstick pickups and like a five-way selector Mm. it was it was just so cool the original one you know in that 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 sort of aqua um glitter blue with a with with a perloid plate it was amazing and but i i do like they've taken the best bits of the original rascal and put them on this dear listener if you haven't seen the rascal it's a jaguar style body shape but a 30 inch scale and they've gone for two massive wide range humbuckers in the neck and the bridge available in a couple of great colors available in like a um a, a metallic black and a Sherwood green. Although I've seen the pink one around, but it's not being listed on their site. I don't know if that's oh, really? maybe a cool. CME thing, or maybe it's just something someone mocked up. Who, who knows? There's no truth left on the internet. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's the, I, the green one is obviously the one, and I can imagine these selling in absolute droves to bass players and guitarists alike. It's got a cool, like massive Mustang-style bridge on there, which is coming in very close to the mm. bottom of that bridge pickup yeah the only thing i would change on this and i appreciate it was a square so they couldn't i would have loved lollipop tuners on this <laughs> want 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 with you joe <laughs> it's almost perfect but yeah, yeah, um 
yeah, I think for me there was a couple of things on here. I'm like, kind of, kind of cool, kind of like, like the Toronado and the Cyclone coming back. You know, oh, those aren't a- new, are they? They're not for. Oh, this they're release. they're part of they're part of the same hmm. series, though, aren't they? Yeah. The oh, sorry. Sure. Ones. Yes, you were speaking more broadly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I think it's I think it's cool to offer, you know, a bunch of um, you know interesting shapes to people who want to get into playing guitar or mm. to be honest let's let's be realistic here people like us who always need to buy new guitars but can't <laughs> or won't or don't want to splash the big bucks yeah um 369 pounds is the new normal sub 400 is the new normal for these kind of things and um i'm super into the paranormal esquire deluxe who isn't matt who but isn't I've just clocked, and I don't know how I clocked, didn't clock this before. I've been too busy with life to to realize this. I didn't right. realize. I thought I watched the video, and I was like clicking through some of the sounds. I was like, "Yep, yeah, definitely want to buy one of those." I didn't realize the three way rotary switch on it. Oh yeah, top corner. I just, yeah, I just thought it was just volume tone, and it was following in the lines of the um, the Squire Sonic. Yeah, no, it's a chicken head, uh, a chicken head rotary. Philip uh, noticed this as well. I, I thought it was like a little graphic or something on the plate, um, but yeah, it, it, it switches it. between single coil humbucking, excuse me, and humbucking with the volume and tone bypassed. Yes, so very similar to kind of a lot of the Esquire wiring. Right. Yeah, um, so. But the advantage of having the humbucker is that you've got um, you've got the option to coil split there as well. Yeah. Um, I want one. Uh, why don't I have one yet? Uh, I think, although I would say the mocha color is what? not nice. You don't the, like that? No, I... the black one is way better. I like the. I, I think I would go for mocha out of the two. The problem is, I know it's going to look like a like a formica worktop up close. Yeah, um, that's square. that's always the thing I think with those. But the the black one, I'm I'm super into it. I think that is that's cool. I think that's moddable. I wonder if it's swimming pool underneath the screw in the middle of the plate might suggest that maybe it's routed the way it is um Mm -hmm. for a reason but i think this could be a real kind of like the squire sonic strats could be a real modder's dream yeah yeah i mean yeah you've got a telecaster root for a humbucker you can put any humbucker you like in there it's gonna sound great i wish it was in the maple neck because i can't get can't i don't like the anemic maple if maple is going to be there it needs to be vintage gloss i need to have that Mm. orangey shine it just looks cheap to me and i'm aware that very expensive guitars i mean look you know the the new john mayer prs's are now available with the maple neck and it's that i i realize that it's the standard now to have that sort of very light colored maple it just Mm. always doesn't look great yeah and i think as well the having recently played a couple of the cheaper squires and they they are great out of the box they when i say they feel rough it's not because the setup is rough or the frets are rough but that raw neck with that kind of like cheap bit of maple um it doesn't feel as smooth like you definitely want to use something on there and just oil it up a little bit and yeah get it sort of played in t-coil probably not t-coil no i don't know uh, no, you'd probably use, you would probably sand it down with a bit of sandpaper, get it open, and then you'd probably use something like boiled linseed oil. Or if you could get it, gunstock oil, which is what they put on like the Music Mans and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could definitely make it feel... You could definitely jazz up this guitar, you couldn't could. you? <coughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I, I just, um, it's crazy that, yeah, you can get a Squire Sonic though for even half of that with one humbucker in it. I mean, there's a bit more that goes into this, but I don't know. I'm, I'm torn really. I think they both look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, a metallic black as well. It's not like a yeah. straight black. So there's um, going to be like little flecks in the finish. I think that's, um, I think that's a winner. It's extraordinarily cool. Yes, it is. It is a very cool guitar. Now, uh, let's return to topic of the week. Let's answer Robin Smith's other 
um, question. But uh, before we do, dear listener, uh, we need to pick who's going to choose our topic for next week. So um, let's spin the wheel and find out who that's going to be. There we go. Dear listeners, we have spun the wheel, and this week's winner is Andy McKenzie. Congratulations, Andy. You have won. You now get to choose the topic for the following week. I'll reach out and ask you for that. Well done. Congratulations. It's getting to the point now. We're 23 episodes in. I realize that there have been a few that haven't had a topic of the week, but I can't remember who's won and who hasn't. I mean, it doesn't matter if people win twice, but... uh, You can win as many times as you like. As long as you keep supporting the Guitar Nerds podcast. I mean, you get the same stuff in the goodie bag, so... That's right. Give it to your friends. Tell them about the Guitar Nerds podcast. <laughs> there you go. We're only the go. number one rated podcast. We should be, you know, what's beyond number one? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Even don't more know. number one. Well, actually, um, I tell you what, Matt. Uh, speaking of the podcast chat, we we had a, a, you know, you obviously disappeared for a week, cracking chart positions in your absence. We're we're back in at number 10, up four places. We're number 10 in um, the hobbies category in the Apple podcasts uh, for Great Britain for the first time, well, I don't know, a couple of months, few months, maybe. Number 10. Number 10, back in top 10. Wow. Top 10. And we were up, we're up 167 places in Canada where we've reached the 16th position, which is pretty good. Wow, Canada! Those three people in Canada. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. And and you know, for everyone that listens, thank you for supporting in any way that you do, because Mm. we wouldn't be doing it ten years later if you'd all buggered off earlier on. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, thanks very much. So Robin's topic of the week. He says. We're moving back into an era where there are lots of smaller makers of quirky, unusual, and fun guitars like the early 60s was. Do you think that any of the current crop of small to medium-sized builders like Trent, Fidelity, Redbird, Cower um, can rise up and do a reverend or even take on the big two? Um, So that's a big, broad topic there. Do we think any of the brands that at the moment are smaller? I mean, it's amazing because he's absolutely right. We're seeing some incredible small brands here. I mean, a lot of what Robin's mentioned there are, you you know, sort of, well, okay, half. He mentioned four brands. Two of them are uh, British brands. And, of course, we have over here, in in comparison to where a lot of you are, dear listener, um, a much smaller guitar luthery community than, say, the US does. Um, and, but, but, you know, that nonetheless, let's look at where, you know, Fidelity started or even Trent, if you want to look at a really quick move from being like just, you know, a, a making the old guitar to being like a massive, well, you know, a, a big brand within boutique brands being played by bands on, on stadiums and, and you know on tv mm. and things mm. like that they, they've had an incredible trajectory and fidelity think about where they've come from you know making the old guitar to having a number of great artist models and and just you know th- things like the light series for for fidelity i think reinvented i think they i mean other brands maybe got there first but certainly i feel like fidelity got their first offering affordable custom shops and it is like everyone has copied that everyone offers an affordable model now from a from a a custom shop with limited specs and it's a great idea it's done really well it's helped them grow but i don't think any of them are going to achieve a a reverend um no i think i I mean no one could i don't think anyone will ever overtake fender or gibson Hmm. Uh, i mean you've got fender gibson yamaha Obviously, big in the world of guitars, probably more than we think because of the amount of they make. Yeah. Um, you know, and you think about the brand you see in store, Ibanez, you but- know, there is definitely a, there's not many companies that can do that now 
because of a couple of things. One, I think the time in the business. Right. Like there's a golden time to like be in that business and grow that. Like no one, I say no one, you probably come back to bite me in 10 years time. But, you know, if you look at like, is anyone going to be, is anyone going to start a software company for PC and be bigger than Mac or? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, you've got Android, I guess, as an operating system potentially. But I think with guitars, I just don't think you've, your people are going to build that infrastructure over that time. Probably don't want to. Like a lot of, no, sure. You go away from being a builder and more running admin. You know, you move away from that. And I, and I guess if people can support themselves and a career and, and, you know, a decent wage, do you want to i think the thing about reverend is that they've been well established for 20 years in in that factory in korea and they've managed to make great guitars and they are broadening that that range and they have a great bunch of people even still a small range of people but they've been very focused on driving and creating that business where i look at trent and fidelity and i'm sure those guys might maybe say differently, but it feels like they've got their, they've carved their great space. They're, they are really popular. Yeah. And it takes a lot to, I think it's probably harder to go up to that next step than sure. it is to go on beyond that because I'm sure we talked to Thorpe about it, but taking that next step in terms of like pedal production. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot. It's a big investment, big factories, more people, more staff, ultimately more mouths to feed. Yeah. So you've got to push the brand hard. You've got to sell more. And, you know, you start to perhaps lose the thing that you loved or have been in, involved in. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's I think it's a different type of business, uh, what we're talking about here. You know, ignore the big two comparison. Mm. Reverend, I feel like, is achievable, but Reverend's a different business entirely from Trent, Fidelity, you know, Cower, Grez, any, anyone like that. Because Reverend, whilst they have a custom designer there, they're not hung up on, on their works their quality and that's very much the backbone of trend mm. and fidelity and grays and cow and things like that it's about their hands making that thing and them not accepting anything less than the quality they put out it's a very hands-on very custom shop thing reverend what reverend are doing is specking up ideas for instruments and then having them mass produced in korea which mm. is great because you don't need a big workforce um you get great quality out of korea at the moment mm. and then you know that's that's how they're that that's how what that business is it's very different from a custom shop it's like a design idea company almost and then with korea providing the backbone of the business certainly any company like Trent or fidelity could do that it's not you know i had to do that for ashdown when we wanted to look into making bass guitars i was emailing around you know Kore- korean and chinese factories and getting quotes for and quantities for amounts of instruments and all i was going to provide was uh you know the the schematic of the instrument that mm-hmm. i've whacked together on uh um on on adobe on illustrator <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah you know it's uh it's it, and obviously you can do more than that but it, i think it's a different type of business entirely you have seen it happen in pedals though Matt. I, I think like jhs and earthquaker devices are testing yeah. for that yeah and uh even keely of companies that were you know very small boutique pedal companies only you know barely two decades ago who are now big hitters big hitters you know not selling in the in the units that you know boss or mxr are, but I think people would certainly, if they would think about getting their next drive, yeah, they'll they'll have a look at you know the Boss one. They'll have a look at the plumes as well. You know, mm. JHS have done collaborations with Boss now. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it's got to. But uh, but I appreciate guitars is a different thing. So I'd, my answer is I don't think any of those guitar companies will. But I do think there's a gap in the market at the moment. I mean, it's a very oversaturated market. But any company that wanted to do what Reverend are doing could do. It's not like Reverend, I know you say they're established, but it's not like Reverend was sought after before they started making Korean models. I know they used to make the sort of Rezo Glass US custom shop guitars before then, but no one was running around trying to buy them up. You know, Mm -hmm. they just started a thing, tried something new, and and it worked. So I think... You know, I guess you see other companies doing that. Pure Salem, they're doing that sort of thing. Can I um, just take a minute, though, to mention something on Fidelity that I hadn't seen? A friend of mine uh, was talking about them 
and I didn't realize, and I, I'm sure we never talked about this on the podcast, Joe, but we probably did. We talked about a lot of things. Right. But the double standard baritone with built-in guitar effects. Did we ever cover this on Fidelity's site before? The I fact mean, that it's got a delay, a reverb, and a fuzz all built in we, into the control plate with one pickup and a baritone. I was like, yeah. I've Wait, saw, seen it and I'm I like, think yeah. we did talk about this. This has all the controls on a um yeah. on the sliders. I can't remember the yeah. last time we spoke about it, but I was just like <laughs> yeah. sort of just been reminded of it and I'm like I I want this. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that because it's available in Shell Pink? Well, you no, can have I, it if you want, Matt. You can have it in Shell Pink. I mean, I haven't got the um, I haven't got the money, but I'm looking at the fidelities again and I'm like, you know what? I if I had to pick one right now, we always talk about it. And I always change my mind, but right now I do like the double standard. The double standard, yeah. That's Tim's one, right? No, Tim's got JB. Tim has JB. Yeah, the yeah. JB is the one that's yeah, sort of equal proportions on either side. Mm. Um, I love that. It, the JB is the one for me. It, it, well, actually, the Stella Rosa is the one for me, but the JB just. Oh, it's oodles of like 60s cool. The double standard was the, I think his first shape, his original shape. That's mm. definitely the, my least favorite of the of the lot, just because it looks like a lot of other things, I guess. I'm also looking at um, the signature Stella Rosa baritone that he's releasing later this year uh, for Annalena Bruland, a.k.a. Era. Yes. Um, Sorry, that was the instrument I was looking at by mistake when I meant to click on the. Ah, right, yeah, no, baritone. that's the new. I mean, that thing also looks amazing. It's that custom hardware that does it yeah. for me. Just so cool. It's, Just so cool. The attention detail on the fidelities is is very very good. Mm, mm. The 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 relicking is extremely high quality. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah. Maybe I'll, uh, one day, one day I'll I'll be living. Well, I am living very near Matt now, so oh, maybe I should just go and hang out with him. So Matt, if you're listening to this, drop me an email. Let's hang. Let me steal <laughs> something from your workshop. Um, but yeah, I'm right by Cambridge now, so I should probably drop over and uh, say yeah. hello. You should. You should indeed. Well, Matt, on that note, I think that actually um, that brings us up really to the end of this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. So, dear listener, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, want to tell me a new dad-gad joke, you can. You can DM us. You can you know, find us on all the platforms. Message us on the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. Email us at info at Guitar Nerds Net. If you've seen anything cool that you think we should check out, do let us know, info at guitarnerds.net. Matt and I are heading over to Patreon to talk about this week's question of the week. Join us there. Visit patreon.com forward slash guitarnerds for all the info on how you can sign up and support our charming community. Thank you for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for another week of the Guitar Nerds podcast, which only leaves me to say thank you eternally and very, very muchly to all of our top-tier Patreon backers. Thank you very much to Marcus Deluxe, Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Chris Franklin, Anton Fryant, Russ Meehan, Barry Gresbick, Steve Davis, Daniel Walker, Jorin Brown, John Conway, The Studio Rats, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Carl Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einsler, Mark Hisiao, Kaduaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dor, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and the wonderful Moog Graphic. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.